freedom. Liberty, the pursuit of happiness is, until it isn't. If you're in trouble with the law, facing jail time, parole, probation, or sentencing, then stay tuned for Jail, Parole, Probation, Survival with Greg Harris. It may just save your life. Some cases, good morning, depending upon what part of the country you're in or what part of the world. My name is Greg Harris, a.k.a. G. Blackwell. I'm your host of the show. The name of the show is Jail, Parole, Probation, Survival. What we do, you know, take the opportunity here to talk about the inside and, you know, the perils of jail. And for anyone out there that may be in a situation, uh, as the title says, maybe under the thumb of federal or state parole, probation, or as I once was, uh, back in my heyday, I had to w- actually walk in on the sentence in you know, the Beverly Hills Courthouse. So if anyone's under that type of situation where they have to surrender to do a number of months, number of weeks, number of years, that's what the show's about but not just about talking about jail because it's been my experience and it's been my experience as I've witnessed others. A lot of situations here in society stem from jail, fashion and so forth, and vice versa. You know, the people that's in jail have to come from the streets. So one leads to the other, the other leads back, depending on who's person is, depending on the situation you hear about it every day. Basically, that's what the show is for. In my opinion, I feel it's needed, and I get the opportunity to take the worst thing that ever happened to me and allow it to be the best thing that can allow to be help for someone else if they need it. You know, if it don't apply, let it fly. You may find some good listening on on the show uh, with the platform that we have here. Uh, hopefully I can say something to you that can be beneficial to a family member, if it's not for yourself or a loved one or a friend. Because, you know, it's been my experience as well, being that I've been in, you know, both state as well as federal uh, detention and uh, penitentiary. Yeah, that's what the feds call them. Um, I've seen people from all walks of life. And it's just... <laughs> I've just come to the conclusion that it's just part of the American fabric. I mean, me and I originally hailed from Chicago, and, you know, I remember the Al Capone stories, and just, you know, he was like a folk hero. He was not, I mean, his name was respected. So, yeah, so, you know, Billy the Kid, I mean, we can go back even further. So, yeah, go back and to Robin Hood, and just the, just the deviousness that... <clears throat> You know, I saw it as a youngster, I would imagine, and then uh, that coupled with, you know, taking art and taking it and living it in real life, and then the consequences of that, doing those things and, you know, conducting myself like that, leads to incarceration. So, yeah. So, and I, and I, could, I see that being played over and over every day out there, 
society today. So that's the purpose for the show. At the same time, hopefully we can inform you or a family member or a loved one or a friend uh, that are actually going through that situation that, you know, can have some beneficial information that can walk them through it and help, you know, get through it a lot easier. I mean, mistakes are made every day, and I don't wish jail on anyone. It's just a bad thing. And speaking of jail, you know, I mean, it's a bad scene. I'm on the show talking about it. But before I got on here uh, talking about jail, I'm sure there was someone else. I mean, there's so much depiction on uh, YouTube and in the news every day. Why is it that people are going to jail seem like more and more at a rapid rate? I mean, I see stuff every day here in Los Angeles and Hollywood, in the Beverly Hills, all over the place. And, uh, and of course, on the TV there. So, yeah. I mean, just the other day, the, the L.A. County Sheriff, right? I mean, they they had a thing. They've been talking about jumping guys in jail and so forth. You know, more African-American guys, black guys like myself. I've never experienced it, but, you know, I've heard about it throughout the years. So now they have uh, the entire office, from what I'm hearing, is under fire force, a few deputies, I believe, more in the South Bay area, just maybe in the jail itself, but Sheriff Deputy actually with a gang, a clique, tattoos the whole shot, you know, marks, you know, all the markings, and that's where they're at right now. That's what, that's what they're in the investigation for. So there you go. But who's to say if one of those guys were what they're saying they are, and they mess around and get busted and go to the pokey, and go to, you know, wind up in a state prison, who's to say that they won't be all right? Because, hey, you never know exactly if they're doing that. You just never know how deep I mean, they could possibly be. You just never know. You just may be all right in there. That's a hard one to call. That's a new one. In the federal system, they can walk through it. I've seen uh, several officers doing time in the federal system, and, uh, they were walking through it very quietly, low, very, very low key, but walking through it nonetheless. But that's a different system, so the federal system. And as I said before, another uh, another shows as well as podcasts, um, it's the easiest way to get back to court if you do something to someone in the federal system. They don't, everything's formal in there, or it can be formal. You could easily wind back in front of the same judge. <laughs> Definitely, it won't be another judge. It won't be a different pick. Same one, same file. I've seen many guys go back for different reasons. Just go back to you, know, you have to go face the same judge for everything. Everything's formal. When you get out, parole or probation, whatever you have under the the feds, you have that same judge until he retires, or until she retires, or something else happens, or you know, whatever happens. So there. But you have that judge. That judge is going to be with you. You're going to be with that judge. No matter what happens, they call you in for early uh, early dismissal of your federal probation. You'll have to get it done in front of that judge. They're very formal like that. So with anything that you're doing in a federal system, for anyone out there that may have loved ones or someone that may know someone that's in the federal system, anything can get you back in front of that same judge pertaining to you. Or that person. So yeah, so yeah, that story. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, so you sort of knew with a click like that. They're talking about click tattoos, etc. You know, we know it's real out here, but to you know, to pull it out like that and go into going to death and talking about the tattoos and the clicks and you know, and signals on the body and so forth. And there was another story about uh, that we were looking at this week. <laughs> it's really something because I mean, there's two kids that actually killed a USC student, I'd say about a year ago, about a year and a half ago. And that caught my eye. Well, just the other day they caught a life, they both caught a life sentence. Right? And in the USC area, that's USC, right? University of Southern California. But actually it's University of South Central, as some like to call it, believe it or not. You know, that area. But, Although it's USC, University of South Central, as a gag or a joke or just a thing some people like to say, or as a tat. For over 30, I'd say go back even 40 years in that area. They've uh, always been there, and it's always known to be a gang-infested area. But what's also known is that the gangbangers don't bother the students at USC for years. You never heard that. That wasn't a frequent thing, and the two neighborhoods are right there together. You just, you know, you just, just it wasn't a thing you heard. You know, gangbangers usually bang and gangbang on each other. So when I first heard about that guy got hit in the head with a hammer, and you know, Walked, made it home to his apartment, fell out, and his mother and father flew over from, I believe it was Korea, and there was their only son, and they had sent him here to America, you know, to you know, get educated, instead of USC, very good school. So, yeah, I mean, I'm down there all the time. And the thing is, uh, yeah, this guy, they took him out, so they both received life, but yeah, that was 30, 40 years that I can remember. I don't know if it's longer than that, but that I know of personally, being in L.A. and being around L.A., the entire city, uh, I've never heard of anything that people in the area who live in the area bother any students who are going back and forth in the area doing whatever they got to do to survive and live and so forth. So, yeah. So that's some new breed stuff there, and I just saw that, and I said, well, it just goes, you know, I got a record out called Changing Times, and it makes mention of that, how things are just, you know, I've been here long enough to see, actually see the changes. You know, a lot of stuff just ain't sweet no more. Like it, you know, like it used to be in that regard. In another regard, it's 20 times sweeter. But, you know, that's another story, another side of town. But road rage is also spiking up. As, as I mentioned before on the show, I'm a driver. You know, I drive. I have a livery service here in Los Angeles, and I, uh, you know, I'm privileged. I drive some pretty elite people, very decent. And at the same time, it gives me the opportunity to, you know, take in the city, to really appreciate the city. And oftentimes I have clients that are from out of the country, and I'll give a chance to appreciate the city of Los Angeles, Hollywood, Beverly Hills, Bel Air, and so forth, Malibu and the like, 
through the eyes of the tourist, which allows me to appreciate it more. You see, so I get that opportunity. But at the same time, while I'm out there driving, if I'm alone or if I have some people that's in my care, the road rage is spiking up out there. I mean, look, just the other day, I saw a guy took another door's guy, his pistol, knocked it right off his car, just drove it right, I mean, ran right into it. They had the stuff on the news about a day later. We were right there. And it's like, uh, when I saw that, it was like a level three move, which is a prison yard. Level three is a, a high security level. Four is his maximum, super max. But it, that's a, that was a level three gladiator move I saw out there. When you hit a door and keep hitting it and ramming it and keep going. and I'm like, man. So, as I said, you know, the front of the show, oftentimes things inside come out. Things outside go in. It's just that my observation is just the way I see it. So, when I saw that, that was prison yard behavior. That was gladiator school behavior. That's what a lot of pens, you know, are referred to as well. That was gladiator school behavior. When he took the door off and kept going, mashing, bashing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, and then I don't have to even mention Facebook. I'm talking about stuff that I personally <laughs> see right there, but. You know, stuff is spreading all over online. It's just nasty. But I look at it, and the behavior just resembles so much of the yard. It's just, I'm like, what is going on here? I don't know if anyone else see it like that, but that's how I look at it. You know, and it's uh, doesn't look like it's getting any better. But as I was, you know, carousing along and taking a break, you know, I get a chance to get a break during the day, most days, and I look at uh, particular shows. I got my shows. I like, I love power because they depict so many things on the show. I mean, it's it's negative good, so I like that. Then uh, I, I like the SBU episode, so they, because they talk about everything in depth, and they, the nasty stuff, you know, they put it out there, so they had this. This Chief Chomo guy on there, which is, you know, abbreviation or short for child molester or pedophile. And he got jumped by the other pedophiles for keeping, you know, attainable records that, you know, the cops got, the address and everything. That's how they got they had a tank full of them, you know, a cell full of them. So, yeah. They just went and picked them all up and got the address and, the, you know, all in the records right there, phone numbers, everything the guy had on his records. So, so at the end, actually, they didn't actually show it beating him up, but they showed him just moving in on him slow, just slowly moving in on him, and then it went to commercial. So it was great. But in all actuality, on the inside, those, as I mentioned before, those, the pedophile guys, they're growing more and more and more. Is that to paint a picture again. I remember once upon a time, there was in Texas, there was only one table, four to sit at a table in the child hall. Huge child hall. Mexicans over there, blacks over here, 
white guys over there, others over here, smothers over there, you know, and the pedophiles right there, one table, four. They have at least ten tables now. If not, I know it's more. I'm just saying ten. I've been going quite some time from there, but I'm going to say they got ten tables. You know, rubbing shoulders and kicking it right there because it's just grown so much, and I can really see him doing something with that because it's just my opinion. It's the way I see things. It's like it's looked at like with one eye, and that eye is closed a little, not even a full eye open. So, you know, I could see that one being watered down some, like, you know, like weed or something. It's watered down misdemeanor or something. Or just not even misdemeanor, just... Do something with it. It's a sickness or illness or do something. But in this particular case, that the episode I was watching on the SVU thing, uh, you know, at the end, the judge gave the guy two years, I believe, two years for every photo that he had. And uh, it amounted to about 3,000 years. 3,000 years. That's like Moses' time. You get out when Moses get out. That's a long time. But when I when I saw that, I'm like, wow, who wrote that? What writer wrote that script? Because he put 3,000 years at the end. He put 3,000 years at the end of that episode. So then I thought about it again. I'm like, hey, but that's, that's the state, of course. That's the state of New York. But at the feds, they have a room back there with that amount of time in it that they can bring out and give it to you. And they hand it to you in months. But they got a room in the back that they just may have that amount back there. Because I've seen guys with numbers just that didn't even make sense, and they handed it to them. Here you go. The same way they handed another guy five or me, five, six years. They handed that guy many, many, many years. So and not, not 3,000, but just they can do that. They can go that crazy if they like because, they do it in months, and they're just nuts, and you don't even get it until later. You know, when the sting wears off. You know, I mean, you don't even feel the sting when they give it to you. You give it in months. You don't hit the sting. doesn't hit until later when you get a calculator or something. <laughs> or borrow some fingers. Count up the months. Once you count up the months, 300 and some odd months, 250 months, that's not a lot of months. But if you count them up, a lot of calendars I'm talking about. So, yeah, they're just, you know, they're just calculating with that, and it works well. It works well. I've seen it. It works extremely well. So, yeah. But the road rage out there, like I say, it's just taking a, you know, a new height in, for me. I mean, I've been in situations where I literally have to keep my head while just about everyone else around me was losing theirs. I've been there a couple of times. And here and now where I'm at, 2018, you know, I, I really one thing I try to combat, you know, getting upset or too loose or falling off my square or getting too uptight the other way, I try not to ever rush anything. I try to give myself, and I not even try, I do. It's just a thing I have. I have my alarms for every 
job that I have or every personal meeting that I have to attend or you know, I try not to ever rush, make sure I'm in a position where I'm rushing. And I'm ever, especially here in L.A., you have to give yourself at least an hour if you're going across town because of the traffic. But I feel I do that. If not, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be caught in a position where that's not me so much, but the next person. Because, you know, I try to let everyone by. And if I leave early enough, for me, this is the way I operate. If I leave early enough, I can continue to show that courtesy and stay out of it. Because the main thing is staying out of it because it's so easy to fall into. And it's like you may be like, well, I it don't seem like that to me. No, it doesn't seem like that to me either. But what I do is I make sure I pay attention to what I'm doing and what the next guy is doing because it's so easy to fall into. I just don't know what the next person's thinking in the car next to me. I have no clue. I have no idea. But I know, especially I have clients with me, I'm responsible for myself and for these people behind me. So, you know, in my vehicle. So the thing is, I'm maneuvering, sliding, stopping, allowing, because, hey, this is all uh, I mean, like, you know, I get a chance to talk to quite a few of my clients. A client of mine and I were talking the other day about, you know, common courtesy. It's not enough, of course. We all heard that one. I'm not here to say, hey, everybody do be more courteous. It'd be a good thing if you did, but I'm not here to promote that, man. It's just, I'd rather put on the suit of armor and just prepare for the BS that, you know, that's out there because that's being a realist. You know, I'm more of a realist than that than to go out and blow a trumpet and saying, kumbaya, let's just try it this way. People don't want to hear that because they got to be dealing with trying to pay their bills and they're dealing with their everyday life, and, you know. So, I mean, that's just my experience, what I see. So I, what I do is try to do my part to stay out of it. Because it, any it, especially in the town I'm in, because it's the, everything that's going here, everything goes. They do it all. And I don't know, here in Los Angeles, here in Hollywood, Hollywood area, it's a very, very happy place, a very nice place to reside. But through my observations, I've discovered that a lot of unhappy people here just are not happy. They're upset and their fingers thrown and just, you know, it's just a mess because you would think, you know, just in such a beautiful place with so much beauty around you, so many beautiful things and beautiful people looking beautiful-looking people, you would think uh, that would make you brighten up your day. I mean, it, for me, I love it. But you would think that. But, you know, it's a lot of um, just disdain that I've witnessed. And, and I, you know, as I say, the name of the show is Jail Parole Probation Survival. And those survival skills that I use in there, as I mentioned before, I use them out here because my chill, my reserve, you know, my patience, because I hear it every day. I, I, well, you have to be patient to do what I do anyway. But I've had to acquire that. I learned that. I mean, patience, they say that's one thing you don't want to ask for because, you know, it's a long, it's a cold apprentice goes with that. So 
when you earn it, you know, you have to put, you really have to earn it. And you can see it. I mean, I've had many people just tell oh, it seems so peaceful. Yeah, I'm good with me. I'm, I'm quite okay. So, and grateful every day. And I have my reasons. I mean, that's where I guess gratefulness comes from. You have to have your own reasons to be grateful. And, but you, you know, you can hear a person, oh, I'm so grateful today. What are you grateful for? <laughs> but you have to, whatever it is, you have to have your own reasons and not just someone else's because you can be grateful for someone, something and I can look at you and you make me mad as hell just because I'm hating on you because I'm not grateful about what I'm waiting on. So it's, it's, a, it's a personal thing. It's a selfish, personal thing that you have to give to others. But it's selfish when it comes to you receiving it because it's a personal thing you have to get to get it. And I just hope that I'm making sense on that one because I understand it 100%. But, you know, to amplify it, I just want to make sure that uh, I give that because it's a thing I had to discover. And everyone doesn't have the same walk such as jail, parole, or probation. But we all have to survive. And, you know, just reaching out, you have to, whatever your greatest fight in life is, it doesn't even matter. Whatever it is, you don't even have to tell anyone. You have to survive it, period. You have to survive your greatest fight in life. Mine happened to be inside a couple times, but that was my greatest fight. And me, the fate, what I'm doing is part of my survival, not been there, here, here and now, today, is I restructure, you know, my restructure phase of living, of course, and of life. The reason, like, for instance, having the show, I'm taking what was an obstacle, and turn it into an opportunity. It doesn't have to just be an opportunity for me. It could be an opportunity for someone else, a message. It could also be an opportunity for me. I'm not going to say, you know, evade that. The thing is, we have to take what we have and, you know, and just remain useful. Like for me, what I do is all of my attempts, music, podcasting, and even with my service, the way I eat, you know, because we all work for food, we have to eat. So I try to remain useful all the days of my life. That's a promise I made to myself, and I've made a commitment, you know, to my most high, to remain useful all of the days of my life and then to keep dreaming as well. I don't want to ever let that die, and that's what keeps me... I'm not even trying to be youthful or anything like that, but I'm, you know, I don't look anything near my age, and that's what keeps me youthful, and I don't feel anything near whatever my age is. I just don't. I'm supposed to feel a certain way. Along with, you know, working out as well, but to remain useful is a big deal, man, because the thank you goes deep. See, when I'm, when I'm useful to someone, it's I'm picking up a luggage, throwing it in the back of my car, trying not to throw it. They're going to throw it anyway when you get to the airport. But I put it in the back of my SUV. The thank you that's given back for that, not that I'm looking for it, but the thank you that's given 
I'm not like, hey, hey, where's my thank you? I didn't get it. No, not, not that. The thank you that's given back for a smile or just for picking them up, for taking them there, and the luggage. And hand it, there you go. The thank you that I get back, it's like a cool arrow. It's a good arrow. You know, it's just a lot of arrows and daggers that will hit you and leave a cold scar on you or take you out. You know, it can harm you. But that's just a cool arrow coming in. You see? And I thank you like that because it's such a small little thing. You know, genuine, small. It doesn't seem like it's worth nothing, but it works worth a lot. That's what, you know, those are some of the ingredients for me, anyway, to make you feel, to make me feel better and to help me with my remaining useful every day for the rest of the days of my life. That's just a promise I made to myself. So in useful in all areas. So it's just a thing, so I won't get, I don't have to worry about getting stale or rusty or, you know, not sharp or dull or none of that. Just, you know, just keep moving. Because just in my opinion, as a human, we all have so much to give or somebody we need to get at and help. One person. And just like I always say, we all, for me anyway, you only have an audience of one. Now, who that one is, I'm not here to tell you, oh, well, you know who that one is. No, you may not. You have to discover who that one is. It may be your daughter, maybe your son, maybe your husband, wife, friend, foe, whoever, maybe God. But to know that you have an audience of one, you know, for me, it, it just, hones in, it's like, like a scope. It hones in on what I'm to do and what I'm supposed to do because I love doing the podcast. You know, I bootstrap everything I do on my own will by the grace of God. So I'm, you know, grateful to be able because I know I'm not looking um, for thousands, hundreds, thousands of people to get what I'm saying. Not at all. And just your thing, because when I do these podcasts and I do these shows and this live show, in fact, you can call in 888-627-6008. Should you have a burning desire and you want to talk with me or you have a question, I'll be more than happy to do the best that I can to answer it. But when I do these things, as I was saying, you know, I, you know, I do them um, just feeling that one per- I always see one person. I just see one person. I just see one. That's what I see in my mind's eye. I don't see a lot of people. I see in my mind's eye, and I should see a lot of people. You know, it's beautiful. I see hundreds and thousands of followers and people, and but I see in my mind's eye, and that's nice. I want that. Don't get me wrong. But in my mind's eye, I see one human. One person right there. So that's not my audience of one, but that's what I see. That's what, you know, the picture that I have. That's the picture I got to paint for you on that one when it comes to me. So that's why I got to say I don't know who 
your audience of one is or should be. Because I haven't, you know, I'm still working on mine. <laughs> but it's okay because it's good. And that's the cold thing. That that, it's just a good thing. And if you can catch a cool arrow, you can get yourself in a position to catch a cool arrow and not nothing. You know, you don't want to catch anything hot coming at you. You know, or bad. But you want to catch a cool arrow, then put yourself in a position to catch a cool arrow. Put yourself in a position to catch it. You know what I'm saying? Give and take. So you want to put yourself in a position to catch the cool arrow because it's, it'll, it'll enlighten you, fulfill you on that, on just on that, and just may be brief. See? But everything's brief. Even a little high you get if you take a drink or a snort or a tip or a pull or whatever you do or a peel, everything's brief. Everything's brief. Nothing lasts. So the cool arrow is just a good, brief, you know, good, it's a good thing. So, and the hot, quick arrow is not. And that one stays like, didn't you hear that? So-and-so, so-and-so said this and that. When? Last week. <laughs> Damn. The thought will come back up. But the cool arrow is just, it melts. And just stay there and disappear or do whatever it does. But the, the hot arrow that hit you, and it can crop back up as a thought or as a suggestion to your mind days later and have you hot at the collar again. So to know that, that I know how that hot, hot arrow feels, I got I to gotta tell you about the cool arrow. I didn't even know I was going to tell you about it. The thing is, it's just I didn't even know. The thing is, it's a good feeling. And it's like, man, I earned it. it. That's you know, that's part of the feeling I got, you know, back. So it's like, but it's a thing that's so easy to miss because it's just thank you. That's all it is. It's nothing, right? Yeah. So, but yeah. So that turns it turns into that. But you know, you just want to. You know, do everything you can. I mean, I got a message even for the gangbangers out there. When I get an opportunity to go, I used to speak at Nellis and other places. But they have a lot of these youngsters that are going through, you know, stages of gangbanging and whatever else they're doing. Well, this world and technology, cars, homes, or you name it, phones, everything else, is changing so rapidly. I'm in the midst of it. I see it every day. I talk to the people who are, change, who are assisting in changing it out here. Silicon Valley ain't the only ones. Ain't the only ones on the block doing stuff. New York, Chicago, L.A. Everybody's everywhere. Silicon Valley is just the mecca. So for the gangbangers saying all that, you have to bang smarter too. You're gonna have to bang smarter. That's the message I have for the gangbang. You're going to have to bang smarter. And you may have to do what everyone else is doing, is like get some consultation then, find out, maybe go to an algorithm guy or something and see how, because you're going to have to bang smarter. Because what I see, it's not working. There's too many things against you, but it won't give you an opportunity to win. And that's what it's about. Your attempt's supposed to be at winning. 
your attempt is supposed to be at, you know, trying to win every day. Not how many, you know, losses every turn you turn, every you got an enemy at every turn because that's what's going on. Now you got more than just one enemy. You don't have just the, the opposite, the opposition, a guy with another color or from another set or another city or, you know, your enemies. I mean, you got a couple now, quite a few. So you want to bang smarter because this thing, as I said before on another show about accountability and responsibility, and I know oftentimes a lot of us, are too young to really get it. You know, we can blame it on age or just too inexperienced to get it. And I can understand that. But the thing is, somewhere in the picture, in the down the light, and I have to take some kind of responsibility to take, make a turn. Can't just stay on the same street. Stick, you know, with your foot on the gas, just going. You got to make a turn somewhere. Change lanes. You got to get off this road because it doesn't matter who's in office at the same time it does. But it doesn't matter because it's a, right now it's becoming like a, like a force because you're hearing so much. I mean, L.A., Hollywood, as I've mentioned before, for anybody that don't know, it's like it's everywhere now. Not the city of L.A., because the city of L.A. is Los Angeles. People are not going to venture into the city that much, because now you're, you're out of bounds. Especially after hours or even, you know, certain times of day, you don't know. You're not going to do that. But in Hollywood, predominantly, Beverly Hills, everybody's here. And it's just a melting pot. I mean, it's just a fodder for uh, a lot of stuff. I'm selective because I'm like a BS-free type of guy. You know, I've seen enough in my travel. I'm good. I'm filled. I'm filled up. I don't need too much more. So, yeah, I, uh, so I try to, you know, I miss that, the, you know, durations of my day go around it, especially if I know it's there, because it's at any time here in Los Angeles, because I'm looking at a new trend starting. At any time, anything can happen here, because as I said before, every, being that everyone's here, I see a new uh, thing being established, and I just really saw this just this weekend really clearly. And it's a thing whereas, you know, it reminds me of prison. You muscle for, for areas. Like if it's a new joint, a new prison, everybody's going to move from here, we're going to move them to here. Okay. When you get in there, uh, the Mexicans, blacks, whites, they want to know which who's going to have what TV room or what recreation room or what section over here and here and here. Who's going to have what? That has to be sorted out. That's very important in there. It sounds like crap out here. It's very important in there. And trust me, I wouldn't say it if, I, if, if it didn't happen. So, on this show, period. So the thing is, uh, you know, we don't know where it is. I mean, I can see that forming up there. You see. So, yeah, it's another thing. It's just a... It's a knack. 
and as I said, being inside and, you know, surviving a lot of that madness, a lot of it with my mind, it allowed me to see. And then I've had some assistance. As I said, while I was in there, I was able to befriend a female cop in there, and she, uh, you know, the CEO who worked in the prison. She showed me some things and how they see and how they view this exact same thing we're looking at, but how they see it. And so that helped me. It broadened my perspective on what I'm looking at. So I got a chess move ahead of the next guy because I'm looking at something. He can't even see what he's, we don't even know what he's looking at. Because they, they have a totally different view of things. And that, you know, that helped me in a lot of more, a lot of other areas in my life. So I don't want to just get, I tell people all the time, I don't want to just be you know, locked in to a certain way of thinking or doing. I'm out of the box on a lot of things, including the show. But, as I said, the name of the show is Jail Parole Probation Survival. Keyword in that group of words is survival. And a lot of things that you may hear that pertain from jail, that spin back out to society, may not mean nothing to you until it means something to you. And that's understandable because that's how life is. A lot of things that my mom told me. My mom was a pastor in Chicago, rest in peace. And a lot of things that she not scolded me so much, but as a mother, you know, that was her job to scold me because, you know, I moved around as a youngster fast. So she gave it to me on a wing because this boy moving. And now you can't, nobody can stop me. Surely not a woman. So she gave it to me on a wing. And I can remember everything, but I couldn't even hear it when she told me. Isn't that something? So, a lot of things just don't mean nothing to you until it means something to you. And that's just how life is. But, as always told, it's wise to learn from your experiences. But it takes a man of wisdom to learn from others. And I, you know, strive to be that man because... I want to learn from others' experiences. That's what I've been doing over the years now, and it's like I'm proficient enough to tell you about it because all the stories that I may disclose on this show even aren't just mine. Most of them are, but all of them aren't because, you know, I've noticed others' experience and a lot of the uh, things that I talk about this on this show to deter you from, you know, going falling into a hole if you just have to go in there. That was something that I saw in another. I mean, I'm just blessed in that regard. Just you know, And I still talk to a few guys that has made it out to this side, back into society, about parole, about probation, about how to treat the parole officer, how you should deal with them. They don't say that back to them. You look, you got to think, you look at the bigger picture, you're almost there, this, that, and the other. I mean, we all need to hear that stuff from time to time if you've been through that situation or going through that situation, because it's a battle. It's a struggle. You have to survive it. So that's why I offer, if you want to call in, just for that. I really, you know, it doesn't matter either way. I just, you know, want to get the message out to you. I'm not trying to convince anyone of anything. It's totally up to you. It's just, you know, I don't need any likes or any of that. It's just, I'm just trying to just give to you what I have, stemming from the worst thing that, you know, occurred in my life. And let's hope that, you know, someone can benefit from it. Just, you know, just miss the whole show, really. 
because if you know if you're not really 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 ready for the whole show, there ain't nothing you want to you know have to experience to learn nothing. You may just go to the army or something, go somewhere else, go to school, city college or something. Because you know he's going to he's going to prison to go to school or to become a minister. Or I mean, it's, it's great. I'm glad, happy about the people that I've met who was able to pull and do that. You know, and live through it and do it. But if you can avoid doing that because you get in there and you, you know, just so it's like. My message is preventive, preventive measures. It's like now's not the time. As I said before, you want to go to attend any jail, let that deter you. Even the toughest of the tough shouldn't want to go to jail right now because it's just a mess. Nobody's being respected. I can tell you from here, nobody's being respected in there because of the attitude of the country, the way it's moving. See, it's a movement. For all that don't know, it's a movement, and people like cops and people like uh, you know COs, and it's a movement that goes along with the mindset of the government. So it's like a F you movement. What you're talking about over there is nothing. Yeah, you don't even have any rights. In fact, shut up. Like that. So that being pushed, it's just not a good time to go to jail. I'm thankful. I say the other day, I'm grateful that I was in. I didn't say I'm grateful that I'm not in jail. I said that too, but I didn't just say that. I said I'm grateful that I went to jail when I went. See, I don't want to take that out because that's done, or I don't want to remove that. Oh, I wish I hadn't went. No, done. I'm grateful that I went when I went because boy, this one <laughs> remind me of a thing where. It's, you know, it's just you think things are bad. And you see, for me, I'm like, hey, thank God for the things that's not going on that could very easily be going on with me. That's going on with that guy right over there. You can point right over, you know, the next person over. So somebody's got to go because it's part of the game. Somebody's got to throw the dice and roll and see what happens. So somebody's got to go. Somebody's going. We I mean, wouldn't have it open. It's open for business. So we know somebody's going. So I'm not, and that somebody who's willing and ready, I'm not even really talking. I talked to you about, on you know, some, we talked some survival tactics or whatever, you know, who called me on the line. We could speak sidebar or something, you know, just on how you can survive. That's that person. But I'm speaking of the person who's rational, who still have some rationale left and, you know, just just need to hear something to say, you know what, I'm going to chill. That person. Because, I mean, it's just a thought away, man. So it's also a thought away from it. It's, just, it's all just a thought away. So for anyone. And like I say, I love putting myself up there. I'm the guy doing the show. G. Blackwell, Greg Harris. I'm telling you it's not a good thing, and I survived it. Not saying, hey, nah, 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 I made it out. Not like that. No. No. I'm saying I survived it, walked through it, sat down in it, shook its hand, ate dinner with it. See, 
And that's why I can get on the show and talk about it. So I know it's somebody else out there who's not qualified because that's the majority of everybody in there, not really qualified. They're really not because, you know, you need to pray. You need it. It's just the way it is. I didn't write the laws in the book and everything go <laughs> the way it go in there, but that's the way it is. But I hurry up and found out how it went and hurry up and found out because you have to know, and many people will not, who won't know, will just fall in. So that's so it's a heartfelt thing for me when I, you know, do these shows about jail, and you know, it's a thing. I really, I've met too many good people in there. Because like the first thing I said, how the hell did you get in, man? How'd you get in here, man? To say that while you're in there, see. So I've, I've, you know, experienced so many people in prison, that, you know, I feel, yeah, you're better than this. So I know that same person is out here that's not even, hadn't even stepped up to the plate yet <laughs> to go. Like I say, they're open for business. Somebody's got to go. So it's already one group, one set of group right here. They're willing and ready. We know they're going, they're playing the game, they're in it. And it's a back and forth thing, and it's okay with it. It's, it's lifestyle. But to fall in that, that's like some uh, X-Man stuff. Really, you know, you fall in, you know, that's superficial because, uh, I mean, it, it's, it, it, like, it looks unreal in there. If you're just a regular, rational person that just happened to fall in, and, you know, for whatever reason, take advantage of the information that we are giving here. It's not just about, you know, following law following the law and following suit with the parole officer or probation officer. That you know, we talk about that and, you know, love to help whoever I can help. But that you can get the information from them and that's good and just do what they say. It's pretty simple. And if you just not you know, you don't care, there's nothing you can say on the show or any of the rules you can talk about that's gonna help you anyway, because you don't care. You've got to have some concern. So, you know, some caring there. Some care and caring, both. So, talking to, again to the person that has some rationale. I say, damn, you know what, OG might know what he's talking about because, like I say, and, you know, you may feel you're the lick you putting down or want to do or what you got planned or bright idea may be bigger than mine. You know, I'm a multi-million-dollar case guy. So, I mean, that's nothing, but, you know, I had officers, I had lieutenants, I had all type of people in administration tell me, well, man, I don't know, I think I would have did that for that amount. And I, you know, I wouldn't know the amount to go walk into jail. But to have someone tell you that, you got to look at them like, either you're crazy, you want something, or you're crazy. Again, how's that? So... I said that to say, again, to qualify myself. So if you have a lick that's bigger than mine, then, hey, maybe you can I don't know. But I'm just saying, <laughs> hey, it ain't worth it when you go up in there because it's like that. the thought of the lick leaves your mind. Yeah, you may forget about how even you got in there unless you look at your paperwork. <laughs> because that leaves your mind. But now you got to deal with this right in front of you. Not saying you can't but something you're going to have to deal with. 
that can very well be avoided. So, again, purpose of the show, to avoid the number again, 888-627-6008. Should there be someone out there that, you know, want to call in and have a burning desire, have a question in reference or regards to, uh, you know, jail, parole, probation, or just about life, um, we're here and we're open. Again, the number, 888-627-6008. And I can't stress it enough, as I said, we only have a few minutes to wrap it up, but to remain useful and to cap that off all the days of your life, is, is that's what I practice for me. That's, that's my energy pill. You know, that's the energy pill before the energy pill, the thought. And just to keep, continue to keep dreaming. You know, the things I do are so... They're really unattainable to me. I really, they're unattainable to me, but I dream of them. See? I dream of them, and it's like I don't have to just dream. I can dream of them, wake up, and attempt to do them. I don't have to dream of them, wake up, write them down in a notepad, and say, boy, when I get out, (laughs) I'm going to, see? So, because I'm out, and you're out. So whatever you're dreaming Whatever you're dreaming, let's simplify it. Whatever you're dreaming, Google it. That's your first information towards your dreams. So whatever it is you're dreaming, if you can define it, Google it, and it'll start giving you information on what you're dreaming. If it's I mean, if it's I mean, if it's something, if, if it's some, if it's something, <laughs> if it's if it's something that don't even exist, then I don't know. But if it's something that's attainable. That's your dream, your desire, you know, that you're praying on or thinking on or hoping for, then dream it. When you wake up, that's the key thing. You woke up. Google it. You see? So, again, I can't stress it enough. Your greatest fight that you're in, you want to survive that. And, you know, another thing is, although the show is about jail, parole, probation, and the survival of that, the show is basically about survival, period. It's a daily thing for me now. And I'm not in jail. So your greatest fight in life, whatever it is, I have to say it one more time. You have to survive it. And you want to get skilled at doing that. So don't be afraid to reach out and ask. I want to thank everyone for listening again. I also want to thank everyone who have been listening and listens to the podcast and just you encourage me with your listening and the numbers that you add to the numbers that the other listeners add to the show. I'm just very much appreciative for it. And I just, I'm grateful and I just want to thank you for it. I can't thank you enough because uh, for anyone, I mean, that's willing to, you know, stay and listen to me and, and you know, I'm, taking baby steps and we're crawling, but we're going to get there. So I just want to thank you again and uh, just wish you a great week. And First of all, a great rest of the weekend. It's still early out here, 23 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. Um, but, yeah, I wish you a great upcoming week and uh, all the best. And hopefully I said something to someone out there that can help them. Be blessed. Tune in live every week to Jail, Parole, Probation, Survival 
with Greg Harris on BBS Radio Station 1 on Sundays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. And don't forget to connect with Greg on your favorite social media platform. He's there. To find out more, go to bbsradio.com forward slash jpps. We're glad you did.